world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Good morning, Angela E. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It is Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday, and we got to start the show off by saying rest in peace to Young Dolph. Really sad news. Very sad. Very, very, very sad. Uh, horrible. To take a moment. And our condolences to his family, his mm-hmm. children, his wife, his parents. <sighs> yeah, I he, mean, the sad part about it is every time, it, it's a, yeah, every time, the times we have to do this, it just always feels like a rerun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No matter who it is, you know, no matter who the person is, you know, that's on the receiving end of, of these situations, it always feels like a rerun. Yeah. So, yes, condolences to his family. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely sending his family healing energy. Good dude. And it never makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, remember he came to your birthday party. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, yeah. I was I was probably one of the first people to bring him on Sirius uh, Radio Um, when I had my show on Sirius years, years, years ago. I didn't really know much about him. Shout out to Reggie, who was the program director. was like, this is a good brother from Memphis. He's independent. He's doing it all on his own. And. He was at from there. He's been on the show several times. He came to my birthday party. I had a party actually at Ferrari, uh, and he came through to show love and show support. So, good dude, like you said, good brother, independent, always about uh, bringing up his community and, and and helping his community, and um, just very sad. Very, for very what? Sad. That, that's that's the and question really, you and always ask yourself. For what? Why? What was the reason? Like it's pointless, silly. A black man can't go get cookies. Like a black man can't pull up to, a, you know, a, a bakery in his hometown and just pick up some cookies. Come on, man. And just seeing publicly what a great father he was. Just think about those children. But we'll give you the details that we do have. We'll open that up during front page news. All right. Well, we'll get into that next when we come back. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NG, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. All right, at Thursday night football, the Falcons take on the Patriots tonight at 820. Now, what else we got, Yeezy? Well, we do have to unfortunately say rest in peace to young Dolph. Now, the information we have so far According to Fox 13 in Memphis, three independent law enforcement sources said that he was shot and killed Wednesday afternoon. This was after leaving Makita's Butter Cookies. They said that he walked into the store to buy cookies and then someone drove up and shot and killed him at that bakery that was in South Memphis. Shortly before 5 p.m., they did release preliminary information about the shooting. Officers said the investigation was pointing to Young Dolph being the victim, but they still had to finish the identification process. There is no information about the shooter that has been released by police at this point. Just last week, Young Dolph was promoting this bakery. What you get? Chocolate chill. Don't hot hot. Just for you. 
Appreciate you, baby. Now, there were hundreds of people that were flocking to that area as headlines were breaking across the world. There was chaos at the scene. A car with a man inside who was apparently shot drove into the crime scene, and he was taken away on a stretcher by paramedics. For hours, they were trying to work to push back the crowd. And they did say that they advised citizens of the city to stay at home. They said, we also strongly encourage everyone to remain calm as we actively perform our investigation. The Memphis Police Department is providing an increased presence in areas of the city that might be directly impacted by this unfortunate incident. And they are doing a curfew in the city as well. They did shut down Yogati's restaurant because of the public problems that they have had. There were all kinds of rumors going around that... You know, his restaurant was shot up. The uh, black youngster's grandmother's home was shot up, but they said that was not true. So they are just taking precautions. Makita's Cookies did release a statement. We are heartbroken and saddened by the passing of young Dolph. He was a regular customer and loved Makita's Cookies. My parents are in a lot of pain from this. Our hearts and condolences go out to his family. He will never be forgotten and will be so missed. And a witness at the scene had this to say on the news. Just let out over 50 shots. I'm talking about Bussing. We at the shells and, sh- and me and my baby getting out the car and bah, bah, I'm talking about all you hear child. So I'm looking, come in, I'm grabbing my baby to see where they coming from. And sh- I'm looking and see that it's over there at the washer that I was just at yesterday. And sh- it's the cookie shop next door to the washer. They busting at them. I'm talking about busting number shots. Two four cars full of n- pull up all black. To one on one car was a white two row joint. I don't I didn't see the other one, but I seen running and ducking. So sad, man. And uh, his cousin. And by the way, he was supposed to pass out turkeys. He does this every year. He was supposed to do that on Friday between 2 to 5 p.m. His cousin, who is um, another fellow Memphis rapper, Key Glock. We all know Key Glock. He also deactivated Mm -hmm. his Twitter account and deleted everything off of his Instagram page. I know this has to be difficult. I saw a lot of people paying homage to him on social media. So again, our condolences to his family, his beautiful children, wife, everything. Yeah, very yeah, sad. I was talking to uh I was talking to our good brother Swiss Beach yesterday before before this happened. And we were talking about some things, man, and and, and Swiss said something that, that stuck with me. He said being black in America is a group project. He said we don't get graded as individuals. We always get, you know, graded as a whole. And that 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 stuck with me. And I was like, man, when when I saw that happen with Dolph yesterday, I said, wow. Once again, we failed the test as a group because a, a black man can't go buy cookies. And this, this happens all the time. Like, I will never understand why we cut our nose off despite our faces. A brother like Young Dolph, who does so much in the community, helps so many people in his community, shot and killed in his community for what? It's like we're taking out the same people who were sent to help us. Like, Dolph didn't have to be in Memphis no more. He chose to be. He chose to frequent local businesses like that. And now he's dead simply for, for showing love. To, to the community he came up in, I will never understand it. I just I just really wish we didn't have to fear our own. All right. Well, that is front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. Again, 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Bethsaida. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. Get it off your chest. 
Well, I'm just getting off my chest. You know, growing up in North New Jersey, you know, the crime was always around. I'm a mother of four. And I just want to know, like, when is it going to end? Like, I, I you know, I, I got street smart, you know, just feeling the vibes and getting out of certain situations. But like you said, you know, if he's blessing the community and doing so much for others, like, why did he have to go, you know? I just yeah, I mean, asking that question, asking that question when it's going in, it feels like this is a permanent fixture in our community. Like, literally, yeah. it literally seems like this is a part of the communities we come from. You might as well just scribble it in. You know you're going to get, you know, three or four a day. Because, you know, that's the young Dolph. He's a superstar. But think about how many, you know, just people we don't know that, that this happens to all the time. Like, when I saw that lady on the news yesterday in Memphis and she said that, she was like, oh, that's Young Dolph and he was our superstar. But what about, you know, the, the average person who this happens to three or four times? She asked the news reporter, she said, I bet you you, you report on about 40 a day, don't you? Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Ivan from Florida. Ivan, what's, what's up, brother? Get it off your chest, man. Man, I'm sad about uh, Dolph, man. He's one of my favorites, you know, riding the work. Yeah, Dolph was hard. You know, mm-hmm. We'd uh, ride, man, ride and listen to Dolph. Dolph put, put me in a happy place. He make you feel like, you know what I'm saying, you could get it because he was always flexing on his music. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. This is my first time calling y'all, oh, man. I'm kind of nervous, man. I listen to y'all all the time, man. Hey, Charlamagne, man. Man, I love you, man. Hey, any chance. I love you too, King. I got you. I, I'm, whatever we got up, uh, at the station right now, I'm going I'm to I'm send to you. I'm a, I'm, you know what I'm going to send you? I'm going to send you a, a, the unapologetic guide to black mental health. I think that's what we all need to be reading right now because, man, situations like this traumatize us so bad, and it, it keeps you having a constant state of PTSD, especially when you're a black man, bro. Well, we got him on hold. Line 8. Hello, who's this? What's up? This is Ross from Memphis, man. Ralph, what up, brother? Get it off your chest. Man, I was calling about the dog situation, man. What's up, brother? Yes, sir. Man, man, I want to clear the name about CMG and Black Youngster and all them. They ain't had nothing to do with that, man. Man, it's some local street gang stuff going on in the city. It's a lot of hating going on, bro. So, you know what I'm saying? I just want to pray for the city because these young guys out here, they lost, man. Mm. And they hating on dogs. And that's that's basically mm. what it was, man. And these guys got to quit hating on each other, man. All right. Well, thank you, brother. I can see that. And I love Memphis, and you gotta man. Think Every time about I go people. to Memphis, the food is amazing in Memphis. Man, I, I mean, man but you but you gotta look at everybody. Pooh the all these guys that come on the Breakfast Club. You gotta think about all they talk about is hundred rounds. They talk about these Dracos. Mm-hmm. Man, the city hungry, man. So you got guys out here they they'll, they'll hit a lick for a couple thousand just because they want to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Yeah, well, man. thank you. Be safe out there in Memphis, brother. All right, man. Love, man. Love. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Power 1051. What's up, brother? Get it off your chest. What's going on? Good morning, Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee. Charlamagne and God, I've been listening to y'all for six years Peace, now. King. i got something to say to Charlamagne. Go ahead. Yesterday, yes, man, sir. when you was talking about uh, Santa Claus, dog, you shouldn't do that. You the main one. I appreciate what you're doing in the community about mental health and stuff. And you're talking about hurt people, hurt people. Dog, you know how many anxiety, how much anxiety you gave kids that hurt that yesterday, man? By My telling them the truth, sir? But you no, know, it's not the, it, it is what it is. I feel what you're saying. But that is something 
that we all grow out of. You know what I'm saying? You know how we it's talk about breaking age. generational curses? No. You know how we talk about breaking generational curses? curses? I had to, I explained to my granddaughter yesterday that Santa Claus, Santa Claus works for Jesus. Jesus gives him <laughs> the names and stuff like that to give to, to the kids so they can go out, you know, like be good citizens, good people, help people, you know, have good hearts to people. My granddaughter started crying yesterday over there. Yeah, I mean, well, Santa, Santa is real. And, and if you have kids in the car, oh we'll turn the, turn the radio down now. But Listen, Santa, Listen, Santa is real, and I feel and parents, like, you know. And parents can, can the tell parents, their kids what they want. If exactly. you want the tooth fairy, if you want Santa, and then, you know, it is what it is. That's how I, it I, is. I, 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 but what I choose you, to tell uh, my kids man, the truth. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What do your, yes. you have, I know you have four daughters. What do they yes. believe in? That besides Jesus, do they believe in Minnie Mouse, Darla Duck? What do they believe in? No, they, they are fully aware that, they are, they are fully aware that those, 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 those are fictional characters, sir. Okay, they, okay they are fully aware. So if yes. with, with, I have the right to tell your daughter, just in case they do believe in something that is fictional, do I have the right to tell them that, no, that's not real? Yes, you do. I would want you to tell Come them the on. truth. No, I mean, I don't think that's anybody's no. place for the parents. Hey, my brother, think about this, right? And I do believe I do believe in God and I do believe in Jesus. But you're telling them that a white Jesus tells a white Santa Claus to do for your children. No. My, I don't teach my I don't teach my, uh, my granddaughter. I, ain't, I never taught my kids that Jesus was white, that Santa Claus was white. But they, I teach them the they see many images, black though. Santas. I teach them the but they see the I images. Have but black, my point I have is, pictures with blacks. I have pictures with blacks. Yeah, I got a black Santa coming to my car. I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not debate. I'm not. I'm not debating about this. I I, I respect you, brother. I respect <laughs> your opinion. This is a foolish debate. I, I, that's why you laughing because this sounds this sounds ridiculous. No, to even I'm, I'm laughing. Brother. No, I'm laughing because everybody had their opinion, big dog. So like I said, yes, you, yes. you talk about you always talking about mental stress and mental anxiety and stuff like that. All these kids that you told that to, dog. You get you put a whole bunch of mental anxiety on them. Hold on, don't, hold on. Don't blame me because y'all been lying to the kids, and I told them the truth. Oh no, no, no! Come on, man. Y'all caught that stress okay. by lying to them, Sharon. And, and, and let me let me ask you this no, one simple question. We're not lying to the children. Oh, envy. Oh, can I ask you one? Can I ask you one simple question? One simple question. What's that, dog? What's, what's the that? point? Of, what's the point of the lie? It's, it's, it's really not a lie, dog. It's not. It's a lie, but it's not a lie. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, 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 it's just like with DJ Envy. Would, would you let would your older kids, do they tell your younger kids that there's not a Santa Claus? No, because there is a Santa Claus. See, I believe in imagination. Exactly. Oh I believe in, in kids having exactly. a chance to dream. And for me, no it's fun and it gives them excitement. Man. And I'm gonna let kids be a kid. No but doubt. see, you also yeah. talk. You also talking about somebody who who grew up seven day event, uh, whatever he grew up, and he, he didn't celebrate yeah, a lot of the stuff that we celebrate. It has, it has, it I, has I nothing celebrate to do Christmas. With I celebrate oh holidays. I celebrate the Tooth Fairy. I celebrate all that. It and I love to see my to kids smile when I celebrate him. So for myself, I don't let anybody tell my kids what's true and what's not true. That's exactly. me and my wife's kids. That's just me. Well, I tell you, well, I tell you what. Number exactly. one, it has nothing to do with me being Jehovah Witness because we do celebrate it in my house. But I tell you this: when them little kids is in the hood and they writing these letters to Santa Claus, and Santa Claus don't never bring them nothing, that is cruel and unusual punishment. That is mental anguish. But you so ain't those like, kids' parents, that? though. That ain't that ain't your right to explain it. They, that, that you ain't those kids' parents. 
in the hood, in suburbia. These kids have hope. These kids have this imagination that y'all talking about. You telling you telling these kids right to this Santa Claus, and Santa Claus will bring you whatever he want with these flying reindeer and come down the chimney that you don't even have. And these kids every year get disappointed because they writing these letters to Santa. Then you tell them, well, you didn't get what you what you wanted because you weren't nice this year. Like, man, stop that, man. That's the real. Not, not every kid gets every gift. I didn't get every gift that I wanted as a kid. Right. My kids don't get kids in the hood. Kid. Kid, kids, the kids in the hood getting nothing. These poor and disenfranchised kids getting nothing, but they have all this hope that y'all giving them about this fake Santa Claus. But God bless to each of them. But it's those parents that have jobs to explain that to the kids. Every kid at some point grows out of it. I don't think any adult is exactly. Thank you, Angela. Well, get it off your chest. What's the point? Get it off your chest. What's the point of telling them from the beginning? 585-1051. Now, we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and Portia has spoken about her own experience with R. Kelly. This is her first time talking about it. We'll tell you what she had to say. All right, we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Well, really, that infamous 2004 Super Bowl halftime show. Now, there's a documentary that's coming out tomorrow. The New York Times presents Malfunction, the dressing down of Janet Jackson. It comes on on FX and Hulu tomorrow night. And uh, the trailer is available. Here is some of what they're going to be talking about as they unpack everything that happened during that halftime show. If the culture wars could have a 9-11, it's February 1st, 2004. The term wardrobe malfunction has been burned into our cultural consciousness. Someone thought this would be a good idea, and it backfired. It sure seemed like they were trying to diminish Janet's career. Her career gets put on ice, and Justin is rewarded. There was no equality of punishment. Former MTV senior vice president Sally Fratini says that she felt betrayed by the two of them when their performance happened with uh, Justin Timberlake exposing Janet Jackson's breast. She said, I was a wreck personally. I pretty much just lost it. I was in tears. People were crying. It was really upsetting. It was very emotional. I felt betrayed. My instincts told me there was a private conversation between wardrobe, stylists, and artists where someone thought this would be a good idea, and it backfired. There were 150 million people watching when that happened, and it was a fallout for Janet Jackson, but clearly not for Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if anyone so reached to out that. to Justin Timberlake to be in any of those any of those docs, whether it was that one or the Janet Jackson one, because he needs to do one of them, because he's going to end up apologizing once both of those documentaries drop. So he might as well have just participated in one of them. Did he apologize already? Didn't he? I can't remember. He did, but another one's coming. You know, after those docs drop, after that one drops and the Janet Jackson drop, one drops, he's mm-hmm. going to be apologizing. As I said, he might as well have just participated. I would have participated in the Janet one if they'd have asked me if I was Justin Timberlake. Now, Janet said, um, they said Janet never said anything to them, and then they did uh, speak to Justin Timberlake, and they pulled him aside one-on-one, like, Justin, what happened? And they said he was very apologetic, and he said, I was told you guys knew. And so they said eventually Janet apologized in a press statement and said that MTV was completely unaware of it. But, you know, the damage was done. Her album, Demita Joe, was released nearly two months after that. And it was her first album in 20 years to not reach number one on the Billboard 200. She was fired from playing Lena Horne in a TV biopic about uh, Lena Horne. And Disneyland even removed a statue of Mickey Mouse dressed in her Rhythm Nation outfit. Wow. I didn't know all those things happened. 
And think about how much culture has changed since then. Like, no one would even care about that now. Like, I even think about the, what year was that, the little Kim Water outfit at the MTV Awards where her, her, her breast was out a little bit? 2000-something. What year was that? Was that before or after? The, that was after the Super Bowl, when, after this happened, right? No, that was way before. Yeah. Way before. It was before? Mm-hmm. So why did they care so much? Because it was it was uh, regular TV. Because it was regular instead TV. of cable. Yeah, and kids were watching. They were saying. And guess what? In 2021, right. even if that happened on regular TV, nobody would care. Nah, so much happens on regular TV now. I'd be like, what? What? The, even with the things that they say now on regular TV, it's, it's be wow. All right, now an R. Kelly associate, and he's actually related to R. Kelly's former publicist, has gotten eight years in prison, and that was for setting one of his accusers' cars on fire. 38-year-old Michael Williams, he pleaded guilty to an arson charge. He admitted that he traveled to the home of one of R. Kelly's accusers, set fire to a vehicle that was parked outside her residence in Florida. And so they also found traces of an accelerant outside the witness's home. And they saw he had conducted internet searches about the detonation properties of fertilizer and diesel fuel, witness intimidation, witness tampering, and countries that do not have extradition agreements with the United States. So my he, goodness. He Googled all of that on his laptop and then kept yes. his laptop. Oh, my goodness. Mm-mm. All right, now, Portia Williams is also... Yes. Portia Williams is also talking about it, uh, talking uh, to authorities, and that's about her own experience with R. Kelly. She said, I realized it was my opportunity to help anyone who's been hurt by him. She told this to People Magazine, and she's opening up for the first time about what her experience was like. And she shared her story with investigators. She said, um, there have been so many other instances where I have been abused by men that my mentality at that time was of an abused person, and it was okay for me to be treated like that. She met a friend of R. Kelly's in 2007. She was considering a career in music. She was 25 years old. She was flown to Chicago to meet R. Kelly potentially work with him. She thought she would be driven to a recording studio when she got there, but instead she was taken to his home. After an initial introduction, uh, she said someone led her to his bedroom and left her alone there for hours. When R. Kelly finally joined her, he told her to take off her clothes. And she said, and, and this is all in her book, by the way, The Pursuit of Portia that comes out November 30th. She says she already put herself in that position and she felt like this is what you're supposed to do. You have to. There is no turning back. And wow. so she saw him two more times and says in her book, she encountered several young women who were also staying at his home. And she decided not to see him again after she woke up one day and heard a woman being beaten in another room. And she said she kept it a secret for years. It's not something you want to tell your mom because my mom is a very strong woman and she did her very best in raising me. And I think for any woman or man who's been in an abusive situation, you don't want to tell your parents because you don't want them to think that they had let you down in any way. Wow. Never knew that story, right? Mm-hmm. All right, and let's yeah, end this on a, a good book's note. A Will Smith said he was honored to give his King Richard cast and crew bonuses. He said, all I can do is my part. We had spoken about this earlier, how he gave everybody cash sums because he wanted to give them some additional money. It was being It's being streamed simultaneously uh, when it gets released. And that's tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Here's what he had to say when he spoke to Entertainment Tonight. You got everybody paid. How important was that to get folks bonuses for you to speak up about the pay equity? Yeah, you know, all I can do is my part. And, you know, everybody put in brilliant work. It was the COVID shutdown. So, you know, felt like, you know, people really stuck with us and all of that. And and then it was, you know, a much more difficult process than anybody thought they were signing up for. You know, so I just felt that it was fair. Dope. 
King Richard dropping tomorrow, and I haven't even finished the Will Smith book yet. I guess I got to put the book down uh, tomorrow to watch King Richard, huh? Or at some point this weekend. You can stream it on HBO Max or see it in the theaters. All mm. right, and that is your rumor report. All right, front page news next. What are we talking about? Well, Travis McMichael has taken the stand. He's the man who fatally shot Ahmaud Arbery, and we'll tell you what he had to say in his own defense. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to some front page news. Now in Thursday Night Football, last tonight, New England takes on the Falcons at 820. Now what else we got, Yeezy? All right, well, let's continue talking about uh, Travis McMichael has taken the stand. He's the man who fatally shot him out of Arbery, and he took the stand in his own defense yesterday afternoon, and he testified that during what he described a life-or-death encounter that he had no choice but to shoot Ahmad Arbery. Here is his side of the story. I get to the front of the truck, and by the time I get to the front of the truck, he is at the front corner panel on the right-hand side, and he turns... And it's on me, and it's on me. I mean, it flash on me, immediately on me. On you doing what? He grabs the shotgun, and I believe I was struck on that first instance that that we made contact. Um, what were you thinking at that moment? I was thinking of my son. What did you do? I shot. Mm-mm, now, Travis McMichael says that he considered Ahmad Arbery a threat, which is weird because you were chasing him. But here's what he had to say. It was obvious that, that he was attacking me, that if he would have got the shotgun from me, then it was a, this is a life or death situation. I shot again because I was still, I was still fighting. I was still, he was all over me. He was still all over that shotgun, um, and he was not relenting. So I, had, I shot again to stop him. And this is why I let the word crack ass cracker fly out my mouth so regularly. Now he goes on to talk about how he was trying to, quote, de-escalate the situation. I haven't pointed at you or at the subject or anybody that is that is causing the threat or that that may be the threat at that time. And when you say draw down and point it at somebody, does that mean that you are in fact going to pull the trigger? The possibility is there, but obviously you're trying to de-escalate the situation. So... In your experience, can pointing a gun at somebody de-escalate a situation? Yes. How so? You pull a weapon on someone. From what I've learned in my training, that usually that calls people to back off or to realize what's happening. Can, can we talk about the uh, when he said Ahmad was attacking him? Like, Ahmad wasn't attacking him. What you saw in that video was the He's fight or flight response. He's running from you. <laughs> But but no, it actually was the fight or flight response, which is an automatic psychological reaction to an event that your body perceives as stressful or frightening. The perception of the threat activates you, it activates your body to either fight or flight. I'm no therapist or psychiatrist, but if a couple of white Santa Claus looking dudes was chasing me with guns, I could easily see why my fight or flight response would kick in. So yes, you would defend yourself in that situation. That's not an attack. All right, so the prosecutor's cross-examination is scheduled to continue uh, this morning. Just as an FYI, that was the defense calling their witness, so the prosecution will be cross-examining more this morning. And I know we are about to get into a replay of a recent Young Dolph interview that we had, but I do once Mm -hmm. again want to make sure we give our condolences to his family, his beautiful children, beautiful wife, everybody who has been affected by his senseless killing. And um, what we know so far is young Dolph 
who was only 36 years old, went into a store to buy some cookies, Makita's butter cookies, and someone drove up and shot and killed him. They do have these suspects on video, and so they have not identified them yet, but Memphis Police did release that preliminary information about the shooting. <clears throat> so our hearts do go out to his family and mm-hmm. everybody who's been affected. They are imposing a um, curfew in the city now after this happened in Memphis and they did close down Yo Gotti's restaurant just because of the connection and the previous issues they've had. And then there were some rumors that Black Youngster's grandmother's house had gotten shot up. The restaurant had gotten shot up. Those are not true. But we are praying for Young Dolph's family. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That is your front page news. All right. And when we come back, uh, Dolph has been on the show numerous times. Uh, the last time mm-hmm. we spoke to him, it was actually on Zoom. We were all under lockdown, and he was just talking about his family and, you know, being home for the first time in a long time because usually he's on the road and how you know what that meant to him and, and you know to helping his kids with school and his investment so we're gonna play that when we come back all right so don't move it's the breakfast club good morning the breakfast club morning everybody it's dj envy angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy we are the breakfast club now if you just join us we're replaying we are replaying young Dolph's interview of course uh rest in peace to young Dolph. And condolences to his family. Uh, he's been on the show numerous times. Uh, this was the last one. We were all under the pandemic, and he actually did this from the crib. Rest in peace, young Dolph. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building on the line. We have young Dolph. Yo, what's poppin'? What's up, Dolph? How's hey. everything? Man. Dolph sounds like he just early. woke up and just got home. One of the two. I just <laughs> finished one? smoking one or the other, or all of them. It's early, man. I feel like I'm in the, in the studio in New York, man. I thought we was gonna leave have more time since we was on Zoom. <laughs> oh, you, so you, you, you just rolling out of bed 15 minutes ago or something? Man, probably about four minutes ago. I was oh, in the man, bed. You brush I your teeth? Really? I just nah, I did brush my teeth. I'm the only type of guy brush my teeth. I go to sleep when I get up. I agree with you, Charlemagne, because sometimes not brush his teeth in the morning. The first thing I do when I get out of bed is brush my teeth. Sometimes we too late because yeah. I ain't gonna front. I gotta roll out of bed, get right on the air. I'll be late. I gotta brush my teeth. Hey, dolphin! Brush my teeth. Dolphin, forget to put on that chain though. All those diamond chains looking <laughs> like a rich slave. I sleep at least in it. One or two chains. I sleep in at least. For real? That's Why? too what heavy to sleep in that, dog. Um, I just like how I feel. I remember when I used to be broke. Right. You say you say that on uh on 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 one of the songs on the album like you know you still remember what it feel like to be broke but what what's the concept for for rich slave man? Man, any successful black person living in today's society basically. Because even even if you still rich, you still a nigga is what you say. Basically, a lot yeah. of people don't feel like they bougie or like they made it or now nah, I ain't no slave and all that shit, but it's just like I told my partner, I told a couple of my partners, one of them got a McLaren and one of them got a all. Uh, a Rolls Royce, you know what I'm saying? They was like, but it'll take hard, but I ain't. I was like, yeah, I'm like, you're a rich slave too. They swear they ain't no rich slave. I'm like, bro, go to South Memphis, go to Black Haven, go to North Memphis, ride around in your old neighborhood for about an hour straight and tell me if you don't get stopped by the police. I said, I'll give you a million dollars if you don't get stopped by the police. Now, I saw that a few months ago you had talked about retiring, spending more time with your son, with your family, and all of that. But then later on you said your son said you can't retire because he needs you to be a rapper. <laughs> well, the pandemic hit. He, he spent all the time in the well, world with his son the last five what months. Was that conver- what, what was that conversation like for real with your son? What did he say to you? 
Dan, what is your new music? He just like listen to my music. You know, I be going to the studio. He called my work. You went to work? You like, can I listen to it? Then one day he was just like, are you going to put out new music for everybody to listen to? So I wish he was here. He just went to school like an hour ago. <gasps> wow. What was, was that decision school? like for you to send send your son back to school? Because I know a lot of people have been struggling with that just with coronavirus and everything. So what was that conversation like too? It wasn't no conversation. He uh, he just said, man, he going to school. He like, I want to go to school. Oh, is it full day of school or is it half day school? They doing like um like three days a week. Three days they a week in like school, two days, days at home? Four kids in the classroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I could do some shit like that. I wouldn't mind yeah, taking I can send my kid back to school in a situation safe. like that. Yeah, but you know, I don't know, man. I don't know what to think no more. About what? <laughs> <laughs> about the whole about the whole pandemic though? <laughs> I think it's serious, but it's it's not serious at the same time. Like for people that got health issues and old people out there, I think it's more so at them, like far as the risk. But I feel like they blowing it up really big than what it really is. Yeah, you don't know like, what to believe during an election year, man. Everything seemed like propaganda. Everything seemed politicized. Right that's my whole thing, bro. How has it been for you personally during this pandemic, like being at home? And Great. I know you haven't spent that much time at home like that because you were supposed to be on tour and everything. I've been loving it. It's been great. I just don't like the part where people getting sick, people passing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's certain stuff I've been wanting to do for the last couple of years, but I just ain't had time to do. But now... Like what? Man, like really, bro, just being around my kids every day on a day-to-day basis. Like I've been on the road doing shows out the shows out the shows out the shows and working. I told myself, I told my whole team, when we was just on tour, right before the pandemic came, I told them, I said, when the when this tour over, I'm going to stay in the house for two months. Like, don't call me. My little boy's six years old now, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He got every question in the world to ask me. I'm here to tell him. On on Intel Rot, you say um, you ain't shit if your son doesn't want to be just like his daddy. Does that mean you want your son to be a rapper or you want your son just to have your values? You know, I definitely don't want him to be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? When I say you ain't shit, if your son don't want to be just like it, meaning if he ain't got your characteristics, if he ain't got your morals, if he ain't if you ain't if he ain't got certain stuff that taken after you that he feel like is just in him, you ain't shit. You fail as a dad. So does that give you a greater responsibility on on how you move, the things you may say, the things you may do, because you know he's watching you so close? Yeah, but I just think I always been that kind of person in a way. I think I'm a genius, really, on the low shot of mine. Now also, Listen, you know, in the I th- skits. I think you don't get enough credibility for your rapping skills, bro. I know I don't get enough credibility, Charlemagne, but it's only because I'm 100% independent and everybody's scared really to give me that credibility. Everybody really scared to post the album, say something about the album, do this, do that. Not just rappers and artists, but bloggers and the whole industry, just period. Yeah, I, yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying because I see a lot of a lot of people don't necessarily uh, post you like a lot of artists would. But you know what? Too they don't do it. But I'm gonna tell you the funny part about it. Mm-hmm. They gonna they gonna DM me and they gonna hit me or text me or call me like, bro, this album too hard, bro, this album this, this album that. But they not gonna post on social media because for the simple fact they want to be careful about what such and such think, such and such think, and such. And the such people thing. you have problems with, they don't want to. They don't want. They don't want to necessarily no, piss them the off. They feel that way. With, just period. It ain't people I got problems with. Cause people I got problems with is shrimps. It's just point blank. Period. Like you know, I came in the game just really popping it in. Like nobody never popped it before. 
everybody look at this like competition when it like I feel you it's a friendly competition but at the same time it's a difference between competition and slick hating. I put I put well first of all I like shrimp number one I don't know why you dishing shrimp okay that's number I like one shrimp. I love <laughs> why I eat little shrimp I eat little shrimp man they I I, I, I eat them and, and and I posted your album this morning and the reason I posted it because. I had been talking about it this weekend. People was hitting me up like, yo, Dolph album hard. Like me and Duval was texting like, I'm like, boy, that boy Young Dolph album hard. And he was like, yes, sir. I was like, well, let me post it. Cause I don't, I don't want to say nothing like that privately. I'd rather big it up. Like, let me everybody, tell people this shit hard. think it's hard, but they ain't finna post. It's weird, bro. Do you ever feel like you want to be on a major? Because I listened to the Rich Slave album no! and I feel like a- but listen though, I feel like a record like R and B. I feel like R and B with Meg The Stallion should be all over the radio right now. It is the single. Like it need... is the single. I yeah, know, but who working the, the record? I'm playing Are the record. Playing I played. I played like four times. That, four times. No, they playing it. We're gonna be top fifteen next. We're gonna be top fifteen on the radio next. Uh, next week, Charlamagne. Next oh, week, yeah, yeah, top ten in two okay, weeks. Okay. I think I it's top ten. Every time moving. I was, every time I got in the car, the song was on the radio. So I feel you though. I understand what you're saying, Charlamagne. So yeah. All right, we got more with our Young Dolph interview when we come back. Let's get into a Young Dolph mini mix. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're getting on a Young Dolph interview. He's been on here numerous times, and this was the last interview that he did with us. He was actually at the crib. We were all under lockdown, and we're going to get that back on. When it comes to features, though, right? Let's say you ask somebody to be on the album, because I see, of course, Megan Stallion, G Herbo, but... Does anybody not want to work with you? Because obviously people like you. They think you dope. They like the album. But if you ask for a feature, would they say no? I'm going to keep it real. I don't know ask for features. Because I be feeling like everybody going to pull the Hollywood card. Or I don't know. I just be like, Brian, don't, don't, don't even bro, just do you. Because I don't know. I just don't. I don't do it. Because sometimes are, I feel like this. It? People be posting albums because people will hit you up and be like, yo, can you post my album? And I do feel like sometimes it happens. That. And maybe That's you probably, don't you don't really ask for I, nothing either. You might you might be right, because I don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't post me, period. Like everybody out my post, I don't wait for them to to, to hit me mm -hmm. or this and that. Like I generally like, hey, this shit hard. Even if you one of them people that, that call me and be like, little bro, post this for me. I feel like when my shit dropped, I shouldn't have to call you. Like, man, you know what's up. But sometimes asking for a feature from somebody that you like or that you think would be dope on a song is good for them. So it ain't necessarily you asking for a favor. It's like a mutual thing. Like, this would be dope for you to get on this, just like people ask you to get on a feature. I ain't gonna lie. I was finna get ready to reach out to Tunch. I was gonna hit Wayne and ask him to put a verse on To Be Honest, but I just didn't do it. You know right. Closed Mouth don't get fed, though. You're right, but that's like a I don't know. ego thing. I, I just it ain't it ego. Ain't you just don't want to ask anybody feeling, for nothing. I get it. I don't know. It's like it's weird. I can't even explain it. You know what I'm saying? I just be feeling like I don't even want to go through the. If I ask for something or I want to do something and it don't happen, no matter what happens or oh, it was somebody was busy or they didn't have time or they didn't this or that, like I just be feeling like, bro, just don't even worry about it. And I end up just man, let me put another verse on in my own stuff. Ain't nobody harder mm -hmm. than me. So what about well, her going to Stallion? Yeah. Yeah, how, how, how you got them on now? This little bro, though. You know what I mean? Like, this is different. Like, I, I rock with Herbo. You know what I mean? I've been rocking with him for years. You know what I'm saying? And when we was in the studio, we was in New York, we, was just, we just recorded a couple of songs. You know what I mean? With Megan, like, we was on the phone, and she was like, 
Like, send me something, bro. Like, what's up? So I like, sent it that joint. Hey, I love the Death Row record too, man. Um, how how much were you inspired by 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 movements like Death Row coming up? I, mean, I think that was my first movement that I was inspired by. Cause my my parents, my mama loved them folks. Like my mama, my auntie, cousins, everybody. But like Snoop was just the raw. Snoop was the realest. But like Park was hard. I love Park. Park he he he, he Park. But I was always attached to Snoop. What what mistakes do you think labels like Death Row made that you would would try to avoid? For your situation, it's hard, man. Cause you can't say take the streets out of it. Cause man, rapping and, and this music hip hop, it is the streets. I don't know. It was just the timing. It was that era, and it was the timing. Like people don't really give that road the, the respect, really. They should be getting. I think cause the run was short, and everybody always talks about the end. Like the end, it it ended so tragically. People forget about how about the good times. Yeah. I also think about, though, taking care of your artists, because when Master P was talking about how he let Snoop out of his contract and didn't take nothing from him, how everybody came there and they had a house, a car in their own name. And I do feel like one thing with labels is when you have artists underneath you, you want to make sure everybody gets rich and everybody has their own and everybody financially is taken care of. And that's one thing I would say probably didn't happen at death row. Mm, that was just bad business. I don't want to speak on that. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That was bad business. Mm-hmm. But as far as what they put out and what everybody was on, like the music, the music, they killed it. Mm-hmm. Spe- speaking of business, your business ain't been f-ed up since the pandemic, Dolph, like not going on the road. How, how has that have impacted you? Because a lot of artists can't survive. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Dolph? <laughs> this guy's crazy, man. Cool, man. It's all... I like it, bro. I ain't finna separate shit and code it. I ain't finna hide my feelings to make everybody else feel comfortable. I like this shit. I love it. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. the pandemic. This is the one of, this is like the times that I prepared for from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is why I had to have my own record label. This is why I had to not focus on just being an artist or being in the booth. Like, I had to focus on, like, hey, how I'm gonna talk to these people, how I'm gonna do this, how I'm gonna link this, how I'm gonna, how I'm gonna uh, build a team. It's going to, like, make stuff grow. Like, I don't know. i seen you giving away a Lamborghini. $450,000 yeah, Lambo. When are we announcing that winner? I'm announcing the winner Thursday. I'm going to give away my Lamborghini. It just crossed my mind. I said, man, I need to give away one of my cars. So then, like, a couple weeks before I even was, like, got my date together, I was in my I went in the garage to get on the four-wheeler, and I was getting on the four-wheeler, and I looked at my car, and I'm like, Man, I'm finna get that car away. My fans, like everybody, just done showed me so much love, bro, from the, the beginning up until now to get me to the mm-hmm. point I'm in. And now, like, I just want to show some love back and let them know, like, I got real love for y'all, like y'all got for me. Key Glock didn't smash these windows or nothing. That's did what I was he? gonna say. Yeah, these I are, seen, yeah. Your, I seen your artists <laughs> smashing sure. your windows <laughs> of your car. What was that about? God <laughs> don't come over my house. <laughs> like, did you fight him after that? After he broke your windows? Was that one? Like, come on, bro, you owe me five minutes. We ain't fight. He just he got he got my stuff fixed. You know what I'm saying? They had to keep my cars and stuff away from round Glock. Cause Glock young, bro. He think it's funny. What's funny about smashing somebody windows in? You know how much windows cost? Man, he think it's funny. He he thought it was funny. <laughs> like I was, what? When he did it, I was out of town. Yeah. He young, bro. Like I don't I can't <laughs> say What did you do when that happened? What was your reaction? Did you see it when we all you saw it? I think I was. I was 2,000 miles away on the other side of the country. 
So it's like when when everybody else, I've seen it when everybody else seen it. And then what? Damn. <laughs> By the time I got back to the house, it was a couple of days later. So it's like all the, the mad, the emotions, all that, it was really gone. When I got there, mm-hmm. he was asleep. And I grabbed his ankles and like slick, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. That's my little brother. Shout out to Glock, man. I can't be mad, man. He, he just having fun, bro. Have fun with your own cars, though. Not with my cars, though. Have fun with your own cars. Man, that's what I said. That's what I said, Envy. But what I'm going to do? Beat them up? Shoot them? Not shoot them, dog. Not that far. Just, it's just yeah, a you window. You took it too far just now. <laughs> took it too far now. Jeez. If I would have yeah. did that to his cars, though, it would have been a whole nother different ball guy. Young Dolph, we appreciate you for joining us, bro. Oh, yeah. All right, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Again. Good morning. Rest in peace to Young Dolph again. Yeah, so sad. Definitely rest in peace to Young Dolph. A hundred percent. And I'm going to tell you something, man. If y'all know, you know, who, who killed Young Dolph, Y'all really need to call Crime Stoppers. Y'all really need to go to the local authorities in Memphis. Like, I keep telling y'all over and over, that's the people who do things like that, they will absolutely do that to you or somebody in your family. So you got to get that type of element off the street immediately. If you pull up to a bakery in broad daylight and let all them shots off and not care who else you hit, didn't other people got hit, you know, from, from what I was told yeah. from the stories I heard. So if a person does that, or people do that, you think they give a damn about you or your family? Got to get them off the street. And just heartless enough to not even think about the children that he has that are now going to grow up without their father. Just tragic. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we got oh, yeah, that's, on a, that's never on. That's that's yeah. That's never on any killer's mind. And truth be told, sometimes it might be, and they want to cause that kind of pain to a family. Mm-hmm. And it could happen to them too. So. All right, well, yes, we are going to be giving you some good news for all the women out there who are thinking about being a director or already are a director. We have an opportunity. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, the submissions for Project Greenlight are open. That's going to focus on talented female filmmakers who are given the chance to direct a feature film. Issa Rae is appearing in every episode as an executive producer. She'll be giving guidance and mentorship to the aspiring filmmakers. And then after all that, the finished film is premiering on HBO Max. Here is Issa Rae. I am very excited to announce that we are bringing back Project Greenlight on HBO Max. This time, we want to find an incredibly talented, amazing, undiscovered woman director. Why? Because Project Greenlight has never had a woman director in its entire history. Through this process, I'm going to be joined by guest directors and actors who I'm huge fans of. And together, we're going to mentor and guide you. That's really dope. That's dope. So anybody who is a woman who's an aspiring filmmaker, it's open. So go ahead and submit. You That's never why know. Issa Rae. All right. That's why Issa Rae is Issa Rae. That's why she's one of the realists. Drop on the clues bonds for Issa Rae. And Drake has pulled his song from French Montana's upcoming new album. 
And it's called They Got Amnesia. The album comes out tomorrow, by the way. And there was a song called Splash Brothers that was featuring Drake. But it has been dropped from streaming services right now. Now, they said, according to reports, Drake wanted the song to come down because he's still dealing with everything that happened at Astroworld. He didn't think it was appropriate to put out any new music right now. French had no problem with that. It is going to come out on the deluxe version of They Got Amnesia down the road. Okay. Some people were thinking it was because... Some people were like, you know, as usual, there were some theories going around like he was dissing Kanye and then they just had to talk and that's why he didn't want it. But they're saying it has nothing to do. There's nothing like that. It's just because of Astroworld. And French Montana, in the meantime, getting ready for his release of They Got Amnesia, stopped by uh, L.A. Leakers and did a seven minute freestyle. He was rapping over Drake's No Friends in the Industry. Orchestrate the orchestra like Quincy Jones. Come on. Big chopper spinning like crazy bone. Come on. Hustle on a thousand made to pay my home. David and Galala neck full of million stones. Okay. Okay, French. I wonder right, I wonder so the logic of uh Drake not Drake not putting out the music though. Cause like I mean, when do you decide to get back to business? Cause I mean they got the concert on what, December ninth, the free Larry Hoover concert. Yep. So it's like like when do you decide to get back to business? Like what's what's a good time? I mean, that's a, I guess only he's to Drake, fill it I guess. out and yeah. see. Fill it out. Yeah. But we don't even know if that's the real reason right, why, now, though, you know? We, we just, everybody's uh, uh, making assumptions. That's what I was wondering. I, 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 yeah, I was trying to figure out the correlation. I'm like, why? Why was? what does Astro World have to do with putting out music? Mm-hmm. But, okay. Well, he's being, I guess he's being respectful because he was there. He's also involved in these lawsuits. So just taking a moment to just not put out nothing. In respect yeah, but the, the lawsuit's not going away no time soon, and the lives that were lost aren't coming back. So that's my point. Like, what? what at what point do you decide? Okay, now it's time for me to be active. Yeah, again. I mean, like I said, the concert's on the ninth. They announced the concert this week. Bro, he was at Future's party <laughs> last I mean? night, and he had a party at his crib. We don't know what the reason is. He pulled that down. You know what I mean? We just, I think people are just making yeah. assumptions until we hear from, from French or, or Drake himself. I just think people are just making assumptions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Iman Shumpert has revealed the advice that he got from his wife, Tiana Taylor, for Dancing with the Stars. You know, he's in the top uh, six couples this season, and he got a perfect score a few weeks ago, too, by the way. He's been killing it, okay? And here's what he had to say on The Real. Dayella will give me structure tips. This is the form. This is the point system. Mm-hmm. This is how. This is why. Tiana gives me, all right, you got your steps? Now sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great advice. And it's I knew, definitely I knew Tiana had to be behind this in some way. All right, now, an unreleased Whitney Houston demo that she recorded as a teenager is featured in a new NFT collection. One of is the name of the collection. It's backed by Quincy Jones, by the way. And they're celebrating her legacy with that collection. It's that demo, which will be auctioned off next month with details revealed December 1st during Miami Art Week. And the winner will also get access to the recording in their one-off vault, along with a digital video that was created by 17-year-old artist Diana Sinclair, who created all the artwork for the collection. And she did. Ex- uh, Diana did express her des- desire to highlight a common theme in Whitney's catalog, which is the empowerment of black women. She said, Whitney's talent and presence stands out a lot to me as a young black woman in the arts. In the artworks I created, I wanted to highlight those sides of Whitney in the upper tiers and then create animation work that simply let Whitney shine while touching on the colorful, playful energy she had throughout her career. So that that's going to be really, really dope. That sounds like an amazing um, NFT. A limited presale of 300 tokens is available now on one of website. You can register and get and become a pre-qualified bidder today. 
And the bidding all starts November 30th. All right. And that is your rumor reports. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. And listen, can I say, um, I, I want to say happy born day too, man, to, to, to the very wealthy manager of the stars uh, at Hovain. Drop one of the clues bombs for Hovain. Hovain. You I know, love that brother. I'm glad he happy, exists. Happy born day, Hovain. Shout out to Hovain. Happy birthday, Hovain. And also fabulous. Today is Fab's birthday. F-E-B-O-L-O-U-S. Brooklyn, let's get it. Fab. All right. Now, who are you giving your donkey to? Man, I want to give um donkey of the day uh, to the killers, the killers of uh, Young Dolph. They need to come to the front of the congregation. We like, we like to have a word with them. And I, I, I hate doing these because it feels like a rerun, rerun, but we must discuss. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Now, I've been saying it for weeks, Charlamagne, that you can find anything and everything on TikTok. I hear you. I saw this video where some random person was in Central Park and overheard a group of people talking smack about a girl named Marissa. So he posted it, and this girl Marissa actually found out and reached out to him. TikTok, you have to see it. This don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey it's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey in the day? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. It's the breakfast club, bitches. You're a donkey. Uh, yes, donkey of the day for Thursday, November 18th. Goes to the killers of Adolph Robert Thornton Jr., a.k.a. Young Dolph. Um, if you haven't heard, Young Dolph was shot and killed yesterday while inside Makita's homemade cookies, a bakery in Memphis that he frequented on the regular. I I don't even know what to say, man. Condolences to Young Dolph and his family. Definitely sending y'all healing energy. And the reason I don't know what to say, because anything I could say would sound like an absolute rerun. All right. This is the norm in so many of our communities. Notice I didn't say normal because nothing about this will ever be normal. Just because something is the norm, meaning it happens you know, frequently or is common, doesn't mean it's normal. And the senseless murders of brothers and sisters will never be normal. Okay, I read this morning that Memphis has seen 275 murders this year alone. 275 murders. I'm sure all for various reasons, but I bet if we were to go through most of them, we would all be saying to ourselves, why? For what? Did that have to lead to that person losing their life? Huh? Does that have to lead to a child losing his father, a mother losing their son, an uncle and aunt losing their nephew, a community losing an inspiration for no damn reason other than jealousy, envy, ego, and hate? I know we throw those words around in situations like this, but it's true. Okay? People project the pain they are going through onto others. We say hurt people hurt people, and no truer words can be spoken. Do you know how hurt and broken you have to be to pull up to a bakery in broad daylight and kill a man simply because that's how you were feeling at the time? What is going on with you internally that gets you to that point? What rage are you experiencing on the inside that gets you to that point? What unhealed trauma do you have in you that gets you to that point? I don't know. Okay, but this is why I be stressing folks to go do the work on themselves because we walk around projecting all day long and bleeding on people who didn't even cut us. I can hear some of y'all now. Charlemagne, you don't know nothing about the streets in Memphis. You don't know about the street politics in Memphis. Guess what? You're right. Okay, 
some of y'all have probably rationalized in your mind that there was a perfectly valid reason that Dolph is no longer with us. And that is where we will always disagree because unless a person is a threat to my life or someone's life I love, I have no valid reason to take that person's life. Simple as that for me. I told y'all earlier, um, yesterday, I was talking to the good brother, Swiss Beats. Dropping the clues bombs for Swiss Beats. I was talking to him yesterday morning, okay? This was before the Young Dolph situation happened, and we were talking about different things. And he said something that stuck with me, man. We were talking about how being black, especially being black and of hip-hop culture in America, is a group project. <laughs> That's what Swiss said. Swiss said, when you're black in America, it's a group project. We don't get graded as individuals. We get graded as a group. Okay, when one of us gets an opportunity and messes it up, it reflects on us as a whole. When one of us gets an opportunity and flourishes, it helps us as a whole. I've seen it happen a million times, especially in this business. Issa Rae succeeds, she opens the door for so many other black women. Jay-Z succeeds, he opens the door for so many other black men. They grade us as a group, not as individuals. Is that fair? Of course not. But it's the reality of the situation. And whether we realize it or not, yesterday, once again, we failed as a group. We failed collectively as a culture because we are going to act like we haven't made trauma culture. Hmm? What you saw yesterday was a societal problem. Okay, this is what happens when people don't have better things to do. This is what happens when, you know, proper investments haven't been made in certain communities. All right, we can go on and on about how the root causes of crime are inequality, you know, the lack of support to families and neighborhoods, inaccessibility to services. Like, we act like violent crime is a complex issue okay it's not lack of education rupture of family structure generational poverty boom nine nine times out of ten you're gonna get someone who has zero self-worth when they come from those conditions and zero love for themselves and if i lack self self-worth and love of myself what the hell i care about you for all right you around here shining driving your fancy cars jewelry on man some people will kill you not just because they are jealous and envious but they will kill you because of the way other people love you they don't want to hear about what you're doing in the community. Imagine buying your local church some robes for the choir, and then one of these dudes' grandmas is bragging, you know, to the family, you know, to their grandson about how you bought robes for the choir. That grandson wants grandma to talk about him like that. So now he's mad at you and wants to kill you simply because he craves the love and admiration that you receive simply for doing good deeds and providing for your community. Hunger makes a thief or killer of any man. I repeat, hunger makes a thief or killer of any man, but sometimes you're not just hungry for money or resources. Sometimes these brothers are hungry for love. They are hungry for self-worth. They are hungry for healing. And they often get it way too late. They often get it after they've committed a crime like this and they're sitting in prison for a hundred years. But at that point, it's, it's pretty much too late. We need you getting that healing while you're outside so you can go influence others to heal. And right now, it just feels like I'm repeating myself. It always feels like this when situations like this happen. The play has changed. Scenarios change. But the energy of unhealed trauma remains the same. A black man can't go buy cookies. Cookies? I, I would never understand why we cut our nose off despite our faces. A brother who does so much in the community, helps so many people, shot and killed for what? It's like we are... It's like we're taking out the same people who were sent to help us. Okay, I, I, I know I've said that a million times, all right? Dolph didn't have to be in Memphis anymore. He chose to be. Chose to frequent local businesses like Makita's. Chose to have his presence in the city because he wanted to show people another way. And once again, here we are asking the question, 
do we give back and don't go back? That seems to be the safest bet because young Dolph is deceased simply because he loved his city and chose to be there. Think about that. He's dead simply for showing love. And you wonder why so many people choose to love their communities from a distance. You, you wonder why they choose to give back but don't go back. I personally will never understand it. Whoever killed young Dolph, you ruined the whole legacy. Took out a brother that was being a generational curse breaker all because your generational curses got the best of you. <sighs> Please give the individual, our individuals who killed young Dolph the biggest hee-haw. All right. And if you know, if you know who killed young Dolph, you should absolutely say something. Don't subscribe to that no snitching nonsense. That, that's a generational curse we need to break because it's not snitching if you're a civilian who knows something because trust and belief. The person or persons who killed young Dolph, if, if, if you can kill somebody in broad daylight while they're buying cookies, those people or that person doesn't give a damn about you or anyone you love. If you don't get that type of element off the street, you or somebody you love could be next. The cycle will continue if you don't break it. So call Crime Stoppers, damn it. 901-528-2274. 901-528-2274. You got to get that type of element off the street, man. And we have to. 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 Stop acting like we haven't made trauma culture. Because we absolutely positively have. We glorify all the wrong things. We celebrate all the wrong things and then wonder why things like this happen. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Up next, ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, any type of advice, call ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice? Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Rob from Jacksonville. What's up, Rob? I was just in Jacksonville. <laughs> I don't want to congratulate you, but I'm glad you got away from it. Oh, stop it. I enjoyed myself. It was your Black Expo. It was nice. Right. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I was calling for the Ask Yee. I got a situation going on. Uh, and I just kind of need some confirmation one of the biggest choices I had to make in my life for the benefit of my kids. Okay, what's going on? Um, so my baby mother's Jamaican. I met her way back in 2011, kind of like a high school sweetheart type deal. Mm -hmm. We had our first daughter last year, March. Um, mom and dad don't like me. I'm okay. Cuban and white. Okay. okay. They're old school from Jamaica. Three days after my daughter was born, she left with mom and dad and went to a whole other county in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in college. I'm 31 now, and I happened to meet another woman. Okay. Um, proceeded to have a son. Her mother and father got divorced. Um, she started to express her love for me. She wanted to come back. Me being in a whole-blown relationship, I made a hard choice, and I said, okay, I got to leave you, and I got to go back to my other child's mother 
we were back together for about a year. I bought our house, brand new car, and the jealousy of me having a son with the other girl kind of just overtook our whole relationship. Mm -hmm. And recently, I gave her the house, the car, and I went and rented myself another place because I don't want my kids to grow up seeing the jealousy, the anger, and all the above. But now the other girl who I have a son with is wanting to be with me as well. And I don't want to be with either one of them. So what's the problem? The problem is, this is a hard choice for me to make. It's, it's very easy. They're both beautiful women. And now I have to deal with just seeing my kids when I'm allowed, because now they've weaponized the children. Right. You know, uh, if you talk okay. to her, you can't see your, you know what I mean? So, but the, di the here's the thing. It's not a decision of whether or not you want to be with them. You don't want to be with either one no. of them, right? No. And you're not doing either one of them a favor if you lead them on. So the real question for you is right. what? I mean, at this point, it's just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be with any woman. I just, this is the first time in my life where I just kind of want to stand up and just be a father. Yeah, take, so. Focus on myself. So do that. And I think what's right. important is for you to uh, be very, communicate that to both of them as best you can. You guys should. Right. So then what about the kids? Should I just go ahead and put myself on child support? You can absolutely do that. And the courts will look at that more right. favorably. And so right. I would that say legally. One of them can tell me. Yeah. Legally handle whatever it needs to handle. Make sure you get your visitation. Make sure you get to see your kids. Make sure they know how right. loved they are all the time, no matter what's right. going on. And try to communicate right. with the mother so that they're aware that I want to make sure that we can successfully do this together. The kids come first, no matter what. And I'm going to handle my responsibilities right. as a dad. Right. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. I hope you enjoy some time to be alone. I know, you know, we go through so much in life, in and out of relationships, dealing with uh, uh, kids and all of that. So it is nice for you to be able to take that time and know what you want because you're not doing those right. women any favors either if you make them feel, right. if you stay with them, even though you don't want to be there. That doesn't do anybody right. any favors. You said they're both beautiful women, hopefully great moms as well. So it's actually doing them a favor for them to be able to move on with their lives too. <laughs> you need to tell them that. Well, you know, and it does take time, and we're sympathetic to that, too, that you know, it, it does take some time. But, you know, you'll be surprised that later on in I'm life. Them, just give mm -hmm. all this time to work and watch how everybody blossoms as a family, you know? All right. Well, best of luck to all of you. But just make sure, like all you right. said, step up to the plate. Be a great dad. That's the number one priority. Hey, tell, tell Charlemagne I love the book. Thank Let's you, do. King. All right. I'll be easy. Thank you. All right. Take care. I ask ye, 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice or any type of advice. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Jessica. Hey, Jessica. What's your question Hey, Jessica. Hi, good morning. Okay, um, me and my mom just opened a salon in Hollywood, Florida, and um, it's a good area, it's a good location, but we're having problems getting staff and clientele. Um, I mm -hmm. did every avenue that I could think of. I paid for promotions on like Instagram. Okay. Um, I paid for, I posted mm -hmm. on Instagram. I paid for promotions on Instagram. Um, I paid for promotions on Google ads. I've tried to go out there. 
um, but also we have like you know a budget, so I can't really put too much into advertising. Um, we have an art walk coming up this Saturday, so I created flyers to pass those out in the neighborhood for as far as clientele goes. But staff, I'm still having trouble with. Okay, so you're having a problem with staff and also advertising. Correct. And marketing. Okay, yeah, because yeah, staffing has been a difficulty that I've been having as well. And so I actually got some advice from Marcus Samuelson, who owns um, a lot of different restaurants. He's a chef. And he was telling me that right now, because everybody's having issues with staffing, it's always important to make sure that you have all kinds of different incentives for employees, because it is also hard as a small business. I know you just started to even be able to uh, give the most competitive salary. So a lot of times there's going to be other things that you can do and other incentives that you can give people to let them know that the working environment is going to be something that's beneficial for them. And um, I just want to make uh, some suggestions. And I know it's not easy to target people right now, but um, going, I know you said you've done Google, you've done Google ads, right? And you've done Instagram ads. Have you done Facebook also? No, I have not. I because you really should research like, yeah, I thought pretty much whatever you show on Instagram will go on Facebook. No, and it's Already. a great way to do things too. We actually do that for my hair store. A lot of what we do is um, on Facebook ads because you can really target specific groups of people by their interests and they're also their region. Um, do you have a website? I do have a website, but it's, okay. it's a Google um, What is it? Um, it's a Google Because that's website. also important when people are... Mm -hmm. And when people are Googling things, they need your business to, to pop up and for it to look attractive. And also, what's your Instagram page? Because you should be advertising this right now. Um, my Instagram page is Rose Room Studio 21. Rose Room Studio 21. Do you have anybody dedicated to um, PR, marketing, or any of those things? I know you're brand new, but... Other than myself, No. So I would suggest, and we actually had to do this for, um, for some of my businesses, getting somebody that can actually handle social media for you. And because okay. um, that is important when people Google things, the first thing they're going to do is go and look at your page and see the other work that you've done with people. I see that you've been mm -hmm. doing some special events, and I think that's a good thing to do. Are there other businesses that you can partner up with to get referrals from? Uh, we just started partnering up with our neighbors in our same plaza. Um, so I've mm -hmm. given them flyers and we even have some of them as clientele. So that was good. Yeah. And I just want you to be patient too, because sometimes it does take a while for your business to, to scale and grow. And there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that process. You have a brand new business. How long has it been open? A month. Okay. It's only been a month. Girl, you yeah. have got to be patient with yourself. I you know, know, but I, because know, business I have will that. continue to grow from referrals. Mm -hmm. Do you have a referral program? Uh, we do have a referral program, and we do have a, a luxury condo in our in our area. So I've offered discount to them as well. Okay, it feels to me like you're doing a lot of the right things right now, and that you do just need to allow your business to grow and be patient, but continue to be at it. Be out and about because I find that word of mouth is also a great way when you're going to events, you're meeting people, you're giving them something, tell them to come by. Because a lot of times we do care about the person who is behind the business right now too. So if people meet you and they're like, okay, she was cool, everybody needs to get their hair done at some point. And so I just think you have to be out and about and hit the pavement. That's work, too. It's called networking. So get out there and network and continue to do that. But be patient with yourself 
and allow yourself time to grow. It's not a bad thing because you don't want uh, too much that you can't handle at once anyway. So right now is a great time for you to be um, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, grow your business. But I do feel like it's great that you've done the Google ads. I would look at Facebook too. You've done Instagram. Continue to do those things. Continue to make sure that you doc people are coming in to get their hair done. The referral program is great. But I do feel like being out there and being on the scene is one of the most important things you can do as another business. And, and you know, support other people's businesses too because they'll return the favor. Definitely. I also have an event, like you saw, um, just to help support mm -hmm. financially the salon. And I even paid for, to boost that up, I paid for advertising on that. And I got 100 views on Eventbrite, but not one ticket sale. How much is it? It's $36. It includes complimentary water, the supplies, and a snack. And it's BYOB. Okay. Well, and, you know, just go through your network of people and uh, clients that you already have. And, and, may, and I think you have to be really personable right now as you're trying to make sure that your business is taking off. Also, you can see about grants and programs that they have with your small business services program, too. And I think that's helpful to um, get into that network as well. You know, you're a woman-owned business. There might be an opportunity for you to get your MWBE certification, and that can help you out, too, so that you can get all types of benefits from that. Okay. You said MWB? Yeah, Minority and Women-Owned Business Enterprise. So just look into that as well. But girl, it's been a month. Give yourself some time and congratulations on opening your business. And hopefully people <laughs> will hear this and come to your page Thank right you now. So this was probably the best free advertising you could have done. <laughs> I appreciate you guys so much. I love you guys and listen to you guys every morning. And shout out to all the entrepreneurs out there. You guys go on out and support these businesses. It's not easy. So I commend you for even being able to open up a business. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. All right. Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can call Yee. Now we got rumors on the way. Yes. And two men convicted of the 1965 assassination of Malcolm X are to be exonerated after more than 50 years, according to their lawyers. We'll give you that information. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So two men who were convicted of assassinating Malcolm X in 1965 are to be exonerated, according to their lawyers. Now, the statement said that the reinvestigation unearthed new evidence of Muhammad Aziz and the late Khalil Islam. They found that FBI documents were withheld at the trial. The men were known at the time of the killing of the civil rights activists as Norman 3X Butler and Thomas 15X Johnson. In an interview with the New York Times, which first reported the news, they did apologize for the failure of law enforcement and the district attorney of Manhattan, Cyrus Vance's office, said this points to the truth that law enforcement over history has often failed to live up to its responsibilities. Aziz was released from prison in 1985. He's now 83 years old. And Islam was released in 1987 and died in 2009. So they are announcing a, a press conference that's taking place today. The Innocence Project and lawyers for Aziz and Islam said that with the agreement of Vance, they'll file a, jo a joint motion today and they'll be vacating those 1966 convictions. Well, I hope this will help in regards, you know, to the lie that the NOI had Malcolm X killed, which I which I never understood because the same corrupt system that took out MLK, Fred Hampton and every other great leader in black organization back then took out Malcolm X. Blame blame Jed Hoover. <laughs> OK, that's who the blame should go to. 
All right. Now, for years, um, Aziz and Islam had said that they were innocent. Aziz was still trying to clear his name, according to the Innocence Project. Imagine you have this stigma that you assassinated Malcolm X for more than 50 years and you have to live with mm-hmm. that. You it's know, crazy. you know, you didn't do it. So. All right. Now, Tamar Braxton home was burglarized and a safe was stolen. So she posted on her social media a few hours ago, this broken bum ass ma'am, one that I know broke into my home and stole my safe only. Not a Birkin, not a computer, not one of Logan's game systems. But he went through my drawers, broke mirrors, turned my bed upside down and took my safe. I want you to know firsthand I'm not angry. You did not break me. You did not violate me. But your broken broke ass don't realize that God gave me that home and every single thing in it during a pandemic and also during the time when I was all of those things god personally put the pieces of my life back together so pumpkin you did not steal from me those things you took he will give back to me a million times sound like she know who did it i'm sure Taylor yeah, got does. cameras somebody all she... over that, that that crib too she said it's somebody that she knows oh yeah the one you gotta lock him all up right. then you gotta lock him up all right yeah why she ain't saying their name spent... tell the police i know all right, Pete Davidson spent his 28th birthday with Kim Kardashian and Flavor Flav. He was celebrating at Kris Jenner's home in Palm Springs. Now, details of the get-together have not been revealed, but Flavor Flav did post some pictures. He said, celebrating my adopted son Pete Davidson's birthday with the legends Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner. He said, Pete, I never took a clock off my neck to give to someone, and you will be the last person I do this for. It looks real good on you. Happy birthday. That's dope. <laughs> My good brother PDD living the life, ain't he? He's yeah, just living the life. What's his relationship with Flavor Flav? That's his. I have no dad, idea why Flavor Flav was there. <laughs> Pete Davidson calls him his adopted son. <laughs> I mean, um, Flavor Flav calls Pete Davidson his adopted son for whatever reason. That right? Um, that that is um, that is. I'm pretty sure that's the first time Pete Davidson and Flavor Flav ever met in their lives. <laughs> it's I pretty mean, damn random. If he like it, we love it. Yeah. All right. And according to uh, Jermaine Dupree, he's saying that he is the reason that people wear jer- were wearing jerseys all the time in hip hop. And it all started with crisscross. Here's what he had to say. I've been telling people this every day. If you look at that crisscross post up there, crisscross has on jerseys. This was in 1992. Nobody in hip hop. You can't think of nobody else in hip hop in 92 that was wearing baseball jerseys. So that means that after 1992, Wearing baseball jerseys, football jerseys, basketball jerseys, all of that came from me and Crisscross. But the industry that we're in, they don't actually frame it up like that. We don't get the credit that we're supposed to. I, I don't know about that one. Nah, <laughs> nobody <laughs> wore no jerseys for Crisscross. I, I love JD to death, but that's I, not true. Now I will say I did want me a Yankees baseball jersey because of Crisscross. Because in the video they had Yankees baseball jerseys on backwards. I don't know. I didn't get into jerseys. I, I'm not gonna say he's wrong. I am. I'm thinking about the baseball jerseys. I ain't thinking about the football or the basketball. I just remember the. I don't remember. I just remember in that crisscross video, one of those videos, they had the baseball jerseys on backwards. I wanted those nah. after seeing crisscross. Nah, I mean I ain't gonna lie. I, I did, definitely nah, did. I, I did wear my clothes backwards for a little bit until my parent, my parents. I will say stupid. that people definitely, definitely wore their clothes backwards. That is that is a fact, and that was definitely because of crisscross. But the jerseys, I think so. the jerseys was more fabulous. Wale, Hove. No, man. How are you talking about Envy? You yeah, sound silly. Chris, Chris Cross came out way before Fabulous I know that, but, but, and Wale. Yeah. But you, you made about? the jerseys popular. <laughs> Ain't no but. Who made the jerseys popular? I th- I'm going to be honest. I think he might be right. No. When I saw that video, no. it was two jerseys in that video. It was an Oakland Athletics baseball Correct. jersey and a New York Yankees baseball jersey. And I think it was a Mets baseball jersey. 
And I was like, I I definitely wanted a baseball jersey because of that video. Nah, not me. I'm I, not gonna lie. Popular, popular, who made the jerseys popular, and this was years after because we weren't wearing jerseys like that. Was that fabulous, Wale? And no, Hove that's not era. true. You're, okay. you're, no, we were definitely. I was definitely wearing jerseys in middle school. What are you talking about? Not like that. hundred percent right, wearing well, jerseys in middle school and high school. Well, y'all, yes, y'all not like can that. Continue, continue this debate. 100%. I'm sure a lot of people are at home scre- screaming at the radio, but um, you can check that out on Complex. It's a series. They have the blueprint. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Not hey, yo, hold up. Let's 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 show let's let's show versus some love, man. Salute to versus. Versus is gonna be on tonight. Queen Stephanie Mills and Queen Shaka Khan. I know this will be a fun one because the two of them have amazing stories to tell and a great catalog. So shout out to Stephanie Mills, who we love. I got some of my Stephanie Mills clothing here, so I might have to throw some of that on for tonight. And Shaka Khan. I ain't gonna lie. I like the fact that it's early. <laughs> Six o'clock Eastern it's time. Six o'clock. And by the way, by the way, they moved it up. They moved it up. I guess aunties was like, "Hell no, this ain't gonna go past our bedtime." <laughs> and salute to Low Key, man. Low Low Key uh, has has coined this Auntie Chella. He gonna get sued. So, <laughs> he gonna get sued. So tonight, six p.m. Pacific time, man. You can watch uh, Versus on you know Versus TV on Instagram and Trilla and all that good stuff. All right. They well, better not try to do no merch if you know what I know for the cello part. Oh, yeah. That definitely is true. All right. Well, People's Choice mixes up next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Now, I've been saying it for weeks, y'all. I mean, that you can find anything and everything on TikTok. I hear you. I saw this video where some random person was in Central Park and overheard a group of people talking smack about a girl named Marissa. So he posted it. And this girl, Marissa, actually found out and reached out to him. TikTok, you have to see it. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. So recently, we had my brother Derek Lewis, of course, from Pepsi. We had Pinky Cole and Derek Hayes on the show talking about She Got Now, the internship program that helps HBCUs, black business initiatives, and the community, and so much more. And it was a great conversation. And Charlemagne, did you see the bit we posted on TikTok? Yeah, what Pinky Cole said about success and how hard it was and how much work it took. Man, it was inspiring. I agree. And you know, when I saw we posted that, I was curious what other kind of success videos are up on TikTok. And there's a lot, but definitely not what I expected. Why? It's not motivational? Nah, I mean, some of it is. Definitely some amazing content on there. Some from celebrities, some from regular people. I mean, straight up, some of these, with the music they choose, you know they're trying to make you cry. But people also use the word success for all kinds of things. You got people training wild animals, people pranking each other, rocket launches, people flipping houses like you do, Envy. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I need to get more of my real estate tips out there on TikTok. I can't believe I haven't been doing that. There it is. You were trying to get me up on TikTok. Uh, Now I'm giving you ideas. Now that's success. TikTok, you have to see it. The Breakfast Club, Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Again, rest in peace, Young Dolph. Uh, we played his interview earlier today. Uh, he's been on the show several times, but uh, the last one, we were all locked down for the pandemic, and he was talking about his kids and raising his, his family and and, and some of his investments and how it was uh, being home because he's never home because he's usually on the road. So definitely rest in peace and condolences to his family and friends. Yeah, they said he had a whole lot of property in Memphis, and he didn't talk about that a whole lot. But he would buy his uh, kids' properties, I think, every year, they yep. said. Rest in peace again. And when we come back, we got the positive note. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Yes, and it is a Thursday, and I'm headed out to Miami for this uh, cryptocurrency conference. I'm getting my portfolio going, so I'm gonna keep y'all updated on how that is, because I know we all have questions, and we're gonna keep on educating ourselves. So shout out to uh, Bitcoin Rodney as I'm going out. There's gonna be Tiffany Haddish is there, Marlon Wayans, Fat Joe, Akon. Uh, there'll be a whole lot of educational panels happening with some experts in the business as well. People can talk about success, independence, and all of that. So I'm excited for that. And then this weekend, uh, I'll be working with BET, and so will you, Envy. We're doing this whole Soul Train Awards, uh, Soul Surprises. So you can check for me in Brooklyn. Envy's going to be in Queens, and we'll be doing our things. A lot of free giveaways. I'll be at my coffee shop, Coffee Up Lifts People, on Saturday, and then we'll be at Tilly's and... 333 Lounge. Yeah, we're going to be pulling up to a bunch of uh, black-owned stores and, and trying to help them out, man. Trying to give away, like she said, a bunch of free things. So I'm going to be popping in Queens, a couple of black-owned uh, businesses in Queens. So I can't wait to see you guys this weekend. Oh, and listen, man, this Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m., if you're in the Monk's Corner area, the Low Country area, come to the Berkeley High School student parking lot, 406 West Main Street in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. I'm doing my eighth annual turkey giveaway. You know, I do it every single year in my hometown in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. So from 1 to 3 p.m., I'm doing my turkey giveaway. Pull up. It's a drive-thru. You don't even got to get out. And while supplies last, we got you. Okay? All right. Now you got a positive note, Charlamagne? I do have a positive note. Um, I also want to salute the Versus TV, man. Uh, Stephanie Mills. Queen Stephanie Mills and Queen Shaka Khan. Uh, my man, Loki Un, he he coined this event Auntie Chella, <laughs> and that's happening tonight at 6 p.m. on Versus TV, man. So you know, on Versus Trilla, everything else. Like I love, I mean, I love when the you know the women do Versus. Period. But come on, man, we talking about two legendary, divine talents. Like only God, you know, can 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 give what those two women got. So Shaka Khan and Stephanie Mills tonight. For verses, so I'm sure I'm sure people will be tuned into that. All right, teach your teach your mamas and your aunties how to work uh, Facebook. You can't get it on Facebook, can you? I guess you're gonna have to show them how to do it on Instagram, like how we did for Patty Labelle and Anita Baker. But the positive note is this: what's meant for you will happen for you in a way which you could never expect or explain. Nothing can get in the way of it, and how it will enter your life. Just be in a constant state of gratitude and focus your mindset on your vision. Believe in it. It's all happening for you. Breakfast Club, bitches! Are y'all finished or y'all done?